Welcome to Market Connections Podcast, where we introduce you to the people, places, and resources that empower you to make better decisions about your finances. And now your host for Market Connections Podcast, Jessica Elgin. Hello, and welcome to Market Connections. I cannot get wait, wait to get excited about today because we are talking about the hottest topic in Southern Utah, vacation rentals. Like, how often do we talk about this all the time? And there's so much frustration around it and so much questions and curiosity. So we have an expert with us. This is Spencer Whitehead. He is direct with us from Red Rock Real Estate, where he works specifically with vacation rentals. Spencer, welcome. Thank you, Jessica. It's great to be here with you today. We appreciate it. So the first thing I have to ask you with all of the drama around vacation rentals, what got you excited about getting into that? You know, that's a great question. And it's an industry that I've just kind of been surrounded by my whole life. Uh, my my father also works with Red Rock, and he's been doing vacation rentals and actually developed a vacation rental community here in southern Utah. And so it's just something that I've seen literally grow from the ground up in a few cases and something that I just have a lot of excitement about. I mean, it's fun to go and look at a home that you yourself could stay in for some time, but then also make some money on. So you're either not spending a bunch of money for a second home or use it as an investment property. And I think that's just a fantastic way to kind of get the best of both worlds. I hadn't even thought about that with um, picking up a home and getting the money out of it, right? Like when, mm-hmm. when um, I think that, and using it yourself. <laughs> so if I pick up a property, I'm going to put someone in it full time, right? Not, not actually utilize it myself very often. I other outside of hotel condos, of course, but other than mm-hmm. that. So tell me this, when when you started getting into this, you literally saw it from the ground up. Um, what types of things are involved in that, in the planning of it? it honestly, it depends on each community. Okay. Uh, every community is a little bit different. Uh, one of the ones that I have most knowledge about is Paradise Village at Zion. That's the one my father was involved with in developing it. And they had extensive research research and communication with the city to just to even get it started uh, everywhere from writing ordinances of what is a vacation rental community to zoning, making sure the property is zoned correctly to allow it. And, and, you know, something I, I think we'll talk about a little bit later is just kind of those regulations behind it, but there's really a lot that goes into it. Um, Amenities, you know, people come to stay in a community, they want amenities. Right. So tell me this, when I want to go back just a a little bit, you said we're going to talk about it in a little bit, but let's go ahead and talk about it now. Um, Regulations, they're different in every city and we have several cities here. So it's not just St. George. We've got Ivan's, Washington, Hurricane. I I mean, Mm-hmm. You keep going, Tokerville, um, Springdale, like, oh, yeah. so many, right? So how do you keep track of all of them, first off? And is there a common, like, if I'm just getting into it, is there something, a general rule that you can help me with to kind of figure these out? Yeah, absolutely. So very first rule of thumb would be check the zoning. If it's not zoned 
for a vacation rental, then you might have a really tough time doing a vacation rental with it. it. Uh, that that's the biggest key. Every city, this is something that we look into all the time on our team and every city has different regulations. For example, St. George city, even if you're living in the main home and want to rent out, say a casita, right? The shortest period of time you can do that is 28 days, unless you have, have it zoned for a vacation rental or nightly rental. So you could rent it out technically to a different client every month, but you can only do the month would be the shortest stay that they could have. 28 days, I guess, yeah. not a month, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Right in there. So yeah. that's, that's an interesting thing. Even if you're living in the home, there's restrictions. I don't think a lot of people are aware of that. Right. I think that used to that not gets... be that way. Mm. So it, it used to be, if you lived in the home, you could basically do whatever you wanted with it. Right. But with, with the big boom in nightly rental communities, vacation rental communities, it, the cities have had to come up with regulations and that's where it stands right now. That and like I said, sense. every city is a little bit different. That makes sense. Now you guys specialize in selling these to clients. So what is the biggest benefit that your clients get when they have a weekly nightly other than, I know we know the income. Mm-hmm. What else is there? So, so I want to actually back up a, a little yeah, bit let's do. more even just to the original purpose of a vacation rental home. That would and be that awesome. Was, <laughs> <laughs> so the original purpose was to allow someone to own a second home in a city that they wanted, in this case, let's say St. George, and be able to go there a couple weeks out of the year, but not have to spend 20000 30000 on utilities, taxes, all that, and just have that be coming out of their pocket the original idea was to be able to rent it out short term to not have that draw from their bank account just to keep a home. They really wanted to make some money or at least break even. Now it's turned into an investment where people want it just to make money, even if they never use it themselves. Is that why you said the cities have had to do more regulations? Do you think that's where, where it started becoming an issue is when people took it from its initial intention to what it is, or has that really affected how it, how it plays in the community? I think that is a part of it for sure. Uh, simply because when, when you start having a whole neighborhood doing that, it changes the dynamics of the entire neighborhood of the community Uh, It puts a lot of strain in some cases on stores and, you know, gas stations, convenience, things in the area. And so being able to really regulate it and say, okay, here's a specific geographical area, a specific community that will do these nightly rentals has helped mitigate that strain on the rest of the community. That makes a lot of sense. Now let's talk about communities here for a minute because the biggest complaint I get when I'm dealing with clients is, um, okay, I want a vacation rental, but I want to manage it myself. And many of these have their own management companies. What is, what is going on with that nowadays? Is it mostly managed by other people or is it, are they a little more loosey goosey with it? 
Again, like that term. <laughs> excellent, excellent question. And it depends on each community. Okay. So let's take, for example, again, Paradise Village at Zion. Okay. There, you can do whatever you want. You can manage it yourself or you can have a property management company. Other communities, of which there are just over 40 communities in all of Washington County. Okay. Some of them require that you use a property manager, but they don't care which property manager you use. Mm. Others require you to use their specific property manager. Right. So it really just depends on what you're looking for. If you want to manage it yourself, then you're going to be limited in which communities you could purchase a vacation rental. I see. And if you if you do want to manage it yourself, about how many of those 40 do you think would allow that? Just a guesstimate. I know you're not, I, I, I didn't prep you for that one before. <laughs> so. that, that's a great question. Great question. I honestly, I'd have to look into that more. Okay. I super, super rough guess, probably 50, 60%, somewhere oh, in there. That's higher than I thought it would be. That's a lot higher than I thought yeah. it would be. When they are managed by the the location itself, right? If they're if it's required management where it is, what's a typical fee for that? What do they typically charge? Usually if it's you have to use our specific property manager around a 35% fee. 35. That seems hefty, right? Coming from a consumer standpoint, that seems hefty. Um, how does that equate on the bottom line? It well, frankly, right now we're seeing some vacation rental homes that it would actually make more sense to do long-term rentals wow. from an investment standpoint. I appreciate because that. Of that. Because of that 35% fee, if it if it's a separate property manager not connected to the community, it's usually about 30%. Okay. Um, so a little bit of savings there. Uh, but because of the big boom just in the last couple of years, prices have skyrocketed and sometimes it just makes more sense to look at a long-term rental in that wow. case. You know what, Spencer, I really appreciate that transparency with that because that, that does make a difference for some people, right? If they're not going into it for the traditional reason of what a vacation rental is, is for, which is to have a location where you can enjoy it and without having the overhead of having a whole second home to take care of, then it makes a lot of sense. But from the mm -hmm. investment standpoint, it, it can sometimes be better not to. That's an interesting, that's an interesting fact. And I think a lot of people miss that. So I think that helps a ton you letting people know that and educating so that they don't come in frustrated and angry that they're that, not able to find it. Right. That's, definitely. <laughs> that, so that's actually crazy. one of the things we really try to do on our team is, is educate. Right. Um, here are all your options. Here's honestly, truly what we would recommend given what you want. I like that. I like that a lot. Okay. Are there, um, any financing restrictions when it comes to weekly nightlies? Yes. Okay. Short answer. Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> this is a long I'm answer, right? A, <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm not a mortgage specialist. Um, one thing that we really do have to watch out for is if there's the word resort in okay. any of the communities, as soon as that gets included, that changes the whole financing game. Really? Uh, particularly is that... with condos. Okay. 
that changes it to condo tell financing in most mm-hmm. cases and a whole different set of rules, whole different ballgame when we get into that. Okay. That's my follow-up question is what is the difference between this and a hotel condo? So <laughs> that's excellent. So that's there one of them is the financing, right? That's a big difference yes. with it. With the, um, with the vacation rental, are there, do you go to a traditional lender or do you have to have a specific lender? Really, it depends on, on your lender. Okay. Uh, most lenders now are able to service vacation rental loans. It really just depends on what programs they have available. If someone is looking for a lender, we do have several that we recommend who have done a lot of vacation rental lending in the area, and they know it inside and out. Well, now, would you share that with us? <laughs> that little secret? Because <laughs> I'm sure a lot of the listeners out there would be curious as to where they get started, right? Who do you recommend? Who is your go-to for financing for a vacation rental? For vacation rentals, we use several. We use Cherry Creek Mortgage, uh, Brandon Hansen. He's one okay. who's done a lot That man is amazing. He's he amazing. Is. Yes. Uh, so... Again, kind of depending on the specific <laughs> scenario, he might be one. Um, Taylor Squires with Sun American Mortgage, he's treated us well, and he can help with that. Another fabulous Again, really lender just depends, in town. Really just depends on your specific situation. I love it. Okay. I like both those guys. They both do an amazing job. So They do. And they've got a wealth of knowledge, so that helps, yes. right? good systems behind them as well. Speaking of systems, I want to talk a little bit about your team. So Mm -hmm. your team specifically focuses on vacation rentals, but you do branch out into some other areas. What are some other areas of expertise that you guys have? So as I mentioned, my father, he and I were on a team and he's gotten into development. That's another area that we do is new construction development type stuff. Uh, just helping things get going, kind of the ideation and really helping look at the feasibility of a development. Mm. What is it we want to do? Does it make sense in this area? Can you do it in this area? What roadblocks have to be removed in order to make it happen? And kind of just digging into that. Perfect. That's perfect. Do do you find that when you are getting into the development side of things that um, the consumer is less involved or do you guys sell the homes after they're built as well? The majority of what we've done has been, here's a, a floor plan. Here are some, some upgrades you can do, pick and choose what you want, and then we'll build it. Oh, nice. While at the same time also okay. having field models for for people that they can buy just as is. So you're doing a combination of specs and custom. You've mm-hmm. got a little bit of both. So there's a little bit of yeah. customization at least, right? <laughs> so yeah. maybe not completely, but a little bit of it. That's awesome. That's very cool. Um, when you're working with people, do you typically work with the buyers or do you work with the developers yourself, you individually? Me personally, mm-hmm. I I like working with the buyers. Mm. I just kind of enjoy that more myself. Uh, but I've also worked with the developer. 
So just kind of depends on each scenario and what's needed at the time. And where you're at. That's very good. When you're working with the buyers, um, obviously you, you are with Red Rocks, so you can pretty mm-hmm. much go anywhere, right? Um, mm-hmm. So you'll work with other developers and you'll work with other homes as well. Is that accurate? Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. I'm sure a lot of people wonder that, right? Like, if I come with you, are you only going to sell me your homes <laughs> or can I, or can I go look at other things as well? So that's, that's a pretty cool thing. If yeah, you were, my, my philosophy, oh, oh go ahead. No, I'd, hear, I'd rather hear your philosophy. <laughs> so go ahead. My philosophy is here's everything that's available. What do you want? What do you need? And let's find you what you want and what you need, because right. otherwise you're not going to be happy with what you get. Right. It's going to be a difficult, it's going to be a difficult situation after closing, right? Yeah. Not fun. That's never a fun situation. So, um, Spencer, I do have another question for you here. Um, Mm -hmm. when you started real estate or when you realized that you were going to go into real estate, was it the first thing that you did having your dad in the industry so many times almost diverts you from real estate? So, how did you get brought back into the fold, so to speak? <laughs> How did we get you back? <laughs> so I, I grew up in Southern Utah. Uh, we moved to Santa Clara when I was five. Um, if, if you're okay with it, I, I'm going to be a little yeah. bit vulner- vulnerable for a second. I would love that. Um, so grew up in Southern Utah, moved away for college and was living up North for six years, okay. roughly. And I was actually teaching with Utah State University, teaching in their drone program. Mm. And at the time, we had some some family things going on, some mental health issues that were really challenging, frankly. Yeah. And we we needed some extra support. And talking with my family about it, you know, my parents, my wife's parents. Um, the opportunity came up to come and join in real estate. And ultimately we just felt that was the right thing for our family at the time, primarily because of the additional familial support that it would offer being closer to family. And so we went ahead and made the move from at that time we were living in price, Utah okay, and moved back to now we're in the hurricane area and have really been able to get the the health and healing that we needed from excellent medical care in Southern Utah, as well as the familial support that we needed. And so now we're, frankly, we're in a better spot than we've been in a long time. Um, That's amazing. And just absolutely loving it down here. I love that. I, lo- I do love the support in this community, right? Like mm-hmm. family and outside of the family. So I don't even have family here and I feel very supported by everybody. It's yeah. a, it's an amazing it, community to move to. It really is. Yeah. And were you at, at Utah tech? Were you up North in one of their campuses there or did you work here? Uh, Utah state. Oh, Utah state. I apologize. Yeah. I thought you said Utah tech. <laughs> so I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> so you moved from Utah tech yeah. to Utah tech. Okay. <laughs> Utah state <laughs> to Utah tech. That's yeah, awesome. So I was with Utah state up in Logan. And then transferred to their satellite campus in Price. Very nice. 
That's very nice. I love it. Do you see a big difference here and there in oh, yeah. as far as homes and the home market? Yeah. yeah, it's it's very different. Literally one corner of the state to the other right. and right smack dab in the middle. It's very, very different. So would you say that it is more aggressive up there or more aggressive down here as far as growth goes? I've heard both. That's why I wonder. I'm like, I want to ask someone who's actually experienced both. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's been, let's see here, just about two years since I moved away from Logan. Okay. So it's hard to speak to the current growth going on there. Yeah. Uh, at the time that we moved away, I would say St. George was probably growing a little bit faster, but I know that Logan has had some amazing things come in there. They and have. they're growing like crazy too. Yeah. The um, whole state, right? Like there's yeah. nothing wrong with Utah other than the snow, <laughs> in my opinion, <laughs> of North, but it's, yeah, it is pretty cool. Even the snow cool. is great if you're even a the snow or snowboarder. That's right. That is true. So that's probably the other thing is you guys have weekly nightlies all over here in Southern Utah. So you've got them out in yeah. Tokerville. You've got them out. You've got them out by every single, um, activity that you could have, right? You can go mm -hmm. hiking, you can go up to Zion, you can go, um, you can go out towards Lake Powell. You, they're everywhere. They're absolutely everywhere. Um, do you see that continuing or as we, you know, we started with talking about what regulations there were and everything. Do you think these regulations are going to stop that growth where we see them everywhere? Or do you think they're going to stagnate? What do you, what do you predict? That's a, a tough question. You know, I, I like to say my crystal ball broke back in 2019. Right. Um, <laughs> That's brilliant. So it, it, it's kind of tough to tell. Based on what we have been seeing, I wouldn't be surprised if we do see a, a slight decrease in the growth of vacation rental communities mm. simply because the the regulations that are being put in place, which, frankly, there needs to be some regulation. Right. Um, uh, otherwise you'll have nightly rentals in every single street. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a slight decrease in the growth of nightly rental communities, but I, I don't think we'll see them go away at all. Good. I like hearing that because I like nightly rentals. So <laughs> that's a they're, great thing. They're fantastic. They are they fantastic, really right? They really are. There's a lot of benefits to them. You can use them as an investment. You can also use them as a second place to actually come without the overhead that many of our mm -hmm. grandparents, great grandparents had to incur to have that same luxury. Mm -hmm. So you can, we now have something that's affordable. Speaking of affordability, let me know, Spencer, what is my price point when I come in for a vacation rental? What's the low end? What's the high end? Yeah, so what we're seeing right now in southern Utah, literally everything from just over roughly 400000 mm. to over $2 million. Okay, so I, I can get in for 400000 About, yeah. It, it depends on what you're looking for. If, if you want to do a condo, those are cheaper. Uh, if you want to do a single family home, those are, you know, more of the 600 to a million range, somewhere in there. Okay. And then you have the million plus that are 
just really right. big. And we do have quite a few of those, family. don't we? <laughs> we do. We do. It seems like those are growing faster than anything. The the 1.2, 1. 1. yeah. 1.8 and up. Yeah. So it's an amazing Almost like community. the destination homes. It is like the destination homes. That is, that is absolutely right. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate your expertise on all of this because it does get a little overwhelming, quite honestly. Um, when you're coming in, it's also very intimidating for most of us because we feel like to get into one of these, A, we're going to have to find one, which I would like to ask you some information on that. And then also we're going to have to know, do we have the money to do it? Is it something that we can afford yeah. to actually get into? So all of those are good questions. Real quick, if someone is looking for a vacation rental, how can they get a hold of you? What is the best way to find them? Is there research they can do on the internet? Yeah, absolutely. So best way to get a hold of me is just a phone call or a text, uh, 435-237-0301. You can also email me, spencer at whiteheadrealty.com. Or you can just head over to our website. It's whiteheadrealty.com. And there's a whole vacation rental tab right there. Super easy to access and see everything on there. Man, that's been amazing. Thank you so much. I hope all of you have enjoyed this show. It's been awesome having you, Spencer. We appreciate all of your insight and all the information. Thank you. It's been great to be with you. Thanks. This has been Market Connections Podcast with Jessica Elgin. Get answers about real estate, business, and financial coaching by emailing marketconnectionspodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, this has been Market Connections Podcast with Jessica Elgin. This has been a production from a podcast studio.